0: Today, um, and want to kind of initially just say that one of the things we decided as a, as a leadership um, tomorrow evening with you to have a leaders' prayer meeting. Um, but actually, we want to invite uh, anyone else who would like to gather with us, particularly to pray about the current situation um, facing us and folks in this world at this time. and um, If you're concerned about coming out, please don't worry, you can set up. I would encourage you from 7.30 to 9 join us, you're most welcome. If not, uh, please try and commit some at that time, um, wherever you are, uh, to pray um, about all that's going on at the moment. Um, there's lots of different things maybe come to mind when we think of how we can pray, and we really want to encourage that to be um, our first response um, in all things. The other thing I'd just like to say is a massive thank you for all those who are praying, uh, but also uh, supporting practically on Thursday. I find it quite reassuring, as I was reflecting on it this morning, that we come to Matthew five and verse nine. Uh, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I was reflecting on it, thinking with all the impact of the coronavirus uh, as it continues to, you know, develop and the current climate we find ourselves in um, as a society and as a world, if there is ever a need at the time of peacemakers Look uh, at those words in that verse. My heart's rather straightforward, easy to adopt, outward attitude. There, yeah, no problem. We'll be done in five minutes. We'll get to our cup of coffee early because there's not really much that needs to be elaborated with. Those twelve words, if we take them seriously, i have got to talk the other Are going to cause us a whole load of grief. Are going to cause us um, uh, a whole load of trouble. Are going to Be most popular uh, amongst those that we find ourselves. They will challenge us, and I believe they will cause us to stop and think about how we're living our lives as I say, particularly in the current uh, context we find ourselves in. It's about realizing that none of us have it all together. None of us are perfect. Um, And maybe there's some of that that we need to start owning. by John Piper in preparing. He said, with each beatitude, another nail is driven into a coffin. says inside the coffin lies the corpse of a false understanding of salvation. The false understanding says that a person can be saved without being changed, or that a person can inherit eternal life, even if its attitudes and actions are like the Actually, if I'm honest, as I read this pastime, I was preparing for it. Initially, my my thoughts kind of came along the lines of actually, this seems a really heavy one. It seems actually like quite burdensome, and the idea of being a peacemaker maybe is not the sort of thing we naturally jump at. Writer and preacher John Houghton he said uh, we should pity the peacemakers. He goes on, nobody much them. The referee, the marriage counsellor, the hostage negotiator, the military truce keeper, the arbitrator, the mediator, the good citizen, or the policeman breaking out a fight. Neither side trusts them. They're constantly accused of bias, often their own lives. A pretty rough job. Why would we put ourselves in that place? Why would we step forward in that way? Surely that's something that someone else can do. Um, I'll pick up one of the other you issues, yes, but not this one. Maybe if we try and ground this, we think about what it practically might mean. We might kind of jump to a kind of stereotypical situation. And um, You're walking along the seafront join a verbally but physically um, and, and not just in a kind of you mate someone a bit of a laugh uh, but no, they're laying into each other um, they're throwing punches, they're kicking they're seeking to cause each other harm I'm guessing not many of us if we face that situation, go yeah I'm going to wait in, I'm going to try and stop these two guys or girls or whoever they are um, and say well maybe she's calmed down a bit um, maybe we'd like to think that's our response, maybe I would like to think that's my response Sure, that's actually what we want to do because stepping in, seeking to be a bit peacemaker, is going to cause us challenges, it's going to cause us grief. The thing is, though, as I've reflected on this, the attitude—yes, it needs to be my thoughts. Actually. Single one of us set so before those who seek to follow in a world that is characterized and full of, of conflict and rivalry. Um, we see that at the moment with all that's going on, and you look at kind of what the media is saying, what different individuals uh, are putting out there, whether it's true or not. But we see this conflict, um, and again, it's this rivalry. Talking recently with someone, uh, again, referring Succumbing to each other, um, rather than how do we actually engage in this together? And as believers, we are called to live a different way, to be counter-cultural, and at uh, this time more than ever. I so think it does raise a key question, though: this attitude of what does it mean? I had a picture at this point of a storybook uh, that I remember growing up uh, called Peace at Last. You've ever come across it? Um, I think it's one of the best storybooks. Um, I, really, I love reading it myself. I love reading it with our, our own three. Um, and it basically follows uh, Daddy Bear who's trying to get to sleep. probably is, there's just noise going on. I think in it's it's it Mummy be Bear. Um, I'm making no cultural comment on that. That's what the storybook uh, says. So then he goes around the house trying to find somewhere else to sleep. And um, Baby bears making aeroplane noises. He ends up in the garden and there's animals. making. bears end up in the car and there's a clock ticking or something. So in the end, he can't get So in he goes back to bed. Finally, finds some peace at which point the alarm goes off. Uh, his wife rolls over and says, well, you too well here. Jesus isn't talking uh, about a peace that is. away from the noise. So often we think about peace as getting away from something. One way to point out that in Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom, um, which it is it's never meant as a negative space or a negative state. It's never about the absence of trouble. It is always about uh, the just positive goodness. And in the Middle East, when people say to one another "salam," which is kind of the same away but now actually it's easy to input God's goodness. The Bible peace means not just you know control but it means enjoyment of uh, good. But all I think we need to just take note of what Jesus is not saying here. Uh, sometimes it is the message people can take from this particular beatitude. But Jesus is not saying blessed are the peace lovers. Those who kind of, you know, we might love the idea of peace, um, but we might love it so much that we fail to act, uh, we fail to do something because we don't want to unbalance uh, the status quo, we don't want to make uh, trouble for ourselves. Um, and so, actually, rather than rock the boat, we just kind of try and keep things as they are because we love peace. It's not about are the peacekeepers. Now, in a way, I might diminish, diminish in the role of those who seek to keep peace. Um, again, maybe something that we don't really recognize in our own society that much, but there are people who keep peace in our own society. In other lands, it can be your job, it can be your task, that your superior has said you need to stand there and do that and keep peace. And you will not care, one way or the other, whether there is peace, but because you've been told to, uh, that's what you're going to do. On the other hand, it's possible to keep the peace through oppression and through violence and through scare. grievance In terms of those kind of conversations that you engage in? Or is it kind of talking more on a large scale here? Is it that sort of peacemaking in terms of, of wars um, and those situations that impact thousands, if not millions? Or is it both? I'm going to say to Leo Morris, he said. sons to follow in the trade of the fathers. So if your father was a fisherman as a son, chances are you. Your father was a farmer in the same way Share those same characteristics as our Father God in terms of being in these matters. It's the heart of Jesus uh, is saying here. Um, you know, so, yeah, there is so much that there's no more godlike work in this world than to be. respect that it's something physically wouldn't be able to guarantee that. I think I would have So on the surface, uh, our actions are outworking, it starts with what's on the inside, our heart, our outlook, our desires as children of God. Spurgeon wrote uh, on this and he said, you know, the in the sequence of the Beatitudes, it doesn't follow, blessing of the pure in heart. Maybe it's something that's only just really said, but actually you need God's help so you can make a difference. Maybe we're talking here about relationships with friends or with family members. Maybe it's our colleagues. Maybe someone else here with the family of the church. Not so that we can... At the moment, but actually, all the characteristics that will define you and describe you, peacemaker, is not one of them at It's just not how you're wired. You might go, ah, oh, this is not for me. But as I said before, I don't believe these are optional extras or contumes with the Beatitudes. That Jesus kind of put them out there for us to go. Well, I mean, It's not a kind of a. Spiritually, what's, what's our resting pulse? What's our, our, our baseline? Is that something that we need God to help us with? By spirit filling us afresh? So that our natural disposition to embody these words heaven, by Jesus. And there is also a wider ongoing. I just want to echo the words um, of Gavin Cowell that I shared in the newsletter. If you've not read it, I really want to encourage you to. Um, and as the leader of the Evangelical Alliance, um, he suggested that the church should be doing three things at this time. Um, and obviously, it would be more than three things, but he's a good starting point. And the first one is, and I would say, as that is categorically the correct you know, or or all as you see, pray that God will move um, because it is beyond us we need to pray for those in earthly leadership um, those who are seeking to guide and support this nation and other nations um, again whatever our we need to pray for those in earthly power um, that they will make the right choices they will who are vulnerable, who are probably most affected already by this, those who are anxious. I heard of a lady yesterday who's in her 80s and her hands are red raw because she's constantly washing her hands because she's so scared. Yes, she's not even going out and seeing people. And we need to be praying that we will be, as a people, um, a non-anxious presence, which is the second thing. Essential because it's not just about when you eat, um, and actually, as a life group, uh, how can you support one another for those who are not in life groups? Who are those connections? What you've got in the church, and some part of the care team has something But let's not panic because that's not going to help. Let's share with one another, let's pray for one another, and ultimately, the third point, Gavin, go on, make us as peacemakers, I would say, let's show us.